Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here with my boy Dixon. Hi, Dixon. I'm alive. <laughs> I think that you are ecstatic because today we are going to be talking about the gnarly old lady herself, Zoraida. When people talk about Zoraida, because you know, even in GG3, obviously we're into GG4 and we'll talk about that as we go into it, but. You know, some people had forgotten what Zoraida can do sometimes. And, you know, there are just, she does some nasty tricks. And I think people will be surprised to see how much those tricks come about in GG4. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I think we can use examples from other Obey Masters that she's just going to do better. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, like, Obey Masters do powerful things. She is the Obey Master. Like, she is the prototype. This is the best way. This is it at its peak efficiency, I think. So you think that she is, like, every everybody else that has an Obey action has to be below her? Yeah, I think if you want to if you want to see in the game what optimal Obeying looks like, it is Zoraida. Like, she is the blueprint, I feel. Gotcha. Because we'll get into it, but there's so many, like, it's not just Obeying. Like, you're not just getting actions. The triggers and then... The things you can do off of that, plus the line of sight that she provides, um, is interesting. And we'll even get into her title a lot because you are the Obey aficionado, but I feel like I am starting to learn some really cool things about her title version, which fits into my play style. So I think her keyword's interesting because it, it fits two very interesting uh, play groups, I think. Yeah, because uh, it's not like the second version doesn't obey is that the second version strictly obeys her own models um yeah yeah I, I would say i would say pseudo yeah and there's not a flip with it either exactly so you just copy uh the same action that she does but that is a type of obey if you want to get extra threat if you want to charge like uh, i think charging is is out of the question but you get my point you get to do free actions for two models at the cost of a card per action and i think that's fair yeah, so before we get into that, though, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that on YouTube. We've had a lot of video content going up there, uh, including just reactions to lists, uh, different battle reports. Got one that I still got to put out there that I've been slacking on, uh, but that should come out soon, as well as just all the reaction videos. Our Discord is always popping off. If you like if you like talking about you know Malifaux on Discord, I feel like ours is one of the most active, like we have a lot of European and like a lot of, um, you know, Australians and New Zealand people. So I feel like even when I'm sleeping, there's people talking on the Discord channel for Rage with Wire. So that's a lot of fun. Um, you can also support us directly if you want to do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire, where you can support us for as little as a dollar. And then we also have our affiliation link at give us your money, please thank you dash weird.com slash ragequitwire. And any help or anything there is always appreciated. Yep. Uh, 
But I do I do have one more thing also just so that uh, people are aware. I am again doing demos. So if you have somebody that's trying to get into the game uh, through Vassal or just in general, like I said, just come into our Discord, ask about it, and I'll try to set up a game. Yeah, Dixon's been doing a lot of not just random pickup games, but also uh, just teaching people how to play on Vassal or teaching them how to play Malifaux in general. I think you've even done just straight up demo games. Yeah. So, Dixon, you, you have been playing Zoraida forever, I feel. I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, ever since like V1. Ever since Malifaux V1, yeah. So, if you could kind of give somebody just a quick rundown, like... What do you think about the keyword? What is it kind of generally known for? What does it do? Just kind of like a general intro here. So uh, I'm going to say the traps first, because uh, don't play too hard into this, but use it as a layer, is uh, Swamp, uh, whatever, the penetrating stench. It has that ability. You can stun, because the keyword has basically an ability that allows you to stun people if they t don't want to discard a card. So there's you know some tricks over there. But what the keyword is really known for is basically ignoring terrain, ignoring the attack sequences because you usually get free attacks through obey, and putting conditions and damage on models without their consent, basically. Because uh, you can just, like, say this model is going to get distracted, injured, slow, whatever, and that model usually doesn't have a choice. Yeah, and I feel like her models are also just really solid models. I mean, she's, she has some access to some really, not only schemers, but some also like heavy hitters in the game as well. Yeah, they have like some weird min-maxing. Uh, for example, if you look at Bad Juju, he technically only has one action. But that action is good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it'll be funny. And I think before we get into talking about generally some of the cards and abilities and, you know, tactics and all that, I think we want, because she is dual faction, she can play in, uh, in Bayou and in Neverborn. So I am curious, because we talked about a little bit offline, but what do you think? Do you think Zoraida is better in one over the other? Do you think she she's good in both? Like, what's your general thoughts? So honestly, for me, I think one is better. And I think there's a few people that agree with me. But I don't agree with... A lot of people are saying that 2 is bad. And I just don't see that. You're saying the title's bad? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm saying the title's good. I'm saying a lot of people that I'm talking to, they say the title's bad for some reason. Okay, but do you think she's just as good in both factions or one or the other? So that's that's been a debate between me and Angel. I know that we <laughs> talked about it, but Chin Chan, uh, in, you know, renowned through the vassal world, he says that she's better in Neverborn because the Emissary in Neverborn and Hinamatsu are so disgusting with her that they overcome Bog and Sammy. And that's yeah. been our, our back and forth whenever we're discussing. Yeah, and I think maybe Zoraida was a little bit better when Francois was such a beast. <laughs> uh, but now that Francois is, you know, not a model anymore... Yeah, I, I I tend to lean maybe a little bit on Neverborn just because I think some of the upgrades are really good for just her crew in general. Hinamatsu is disgusting sometimes. Uh, the emissary is really gross, and 
I don't know, man. It's it's just there's some cool things you can add into that list. But that being said, I don't think it's bad in Bayou, and I actually think I prefer it in Bayou at me as a player because I like some of those tools better. Yeah, me too. Like absolutely. I mean, in Bayou, twelve cups of coffee on like bad juju or the Kurrigan or just some mo- massive model just puts out this huge area of not only do you have to deal with me, but now you don't get your bonus action. Yeah, I, and. Uh, to what I was gonna say real quick, I think that the upgrades uh, are both good in, in both factions, but in this specific GG, I think that the Bayou just have a clear advantage. Because AoE removing scheme markers on every model, is, or on any model, sorry, that's disgusting. Well, and I think also in the specific, specifically Gaining Grounds 4 where, you know, there's gonna be a lot more scheme markers, I would think, and a lot more interact actions, I just yeah. think putting you know being able to remove those off of any model is just pretty good yeah that's that's exactly what i mean it's just so stupid easy in bayou whereas yeah you're right i don't get a back uh, i get to go first and i get to not flip the black joker so that's an incredibly powerful ability yes but like you know the other one i don't know they're just equally good (laughs) yeah so I think we'll do this. We usually we focus more on one uh, version of the master over the other, but I think both of these actually have a very, they're very playable in their own ways. Right. So I think at the beginning of this, we'll actually talk about both cards, and then as we go through, we'll just talk about which versions kind of fit where we think they they do. Oh yeah. So so let's talk about the first version of her. Uh, I I would say probably obviously she's the Obey Master. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of complicated though because you're not you're not just obeying because there's actually a pseudo obey on her hex attack with coordinated attacks. <laughs> so yes. it's almost like she can damage, injure you, and then oh by the way, I'm going to now swing on you with like bad juju. But Pete, coordinated attack means I get no triggers. That's bad, yeah. right? Yeah, that's fine on what, three, four, six damage? Well not only three, four, six. His his triggers are great, but they don't add damage. Yeah. So, I mean, technically, I guess the focus adds damage, but you get the point. The point is you are automatically hitting, basically, because your defense gets lower and lower every time I hex you. <laughs> yeah, and it's stat six, so, I mean, it just needs to hit you once, and then it, it usually has at least a stat advantage, one or two. Yeah. But I feel like another thing that makes her really strong as an Obey Master is that she can... Um, eyes into the night where basically she can draw a line of sight through other uh swamp fiend models within 12 that's huge that's huge so if she doesn't have line of sight she can just like run a crap model to get line of sight and then just we affectionately call it arc node uh so whenever we uh, we mention arc node in, in the podcast it's exactly what pete is describing right now yeah, and I, I think that's a big deal. And something that you've gotten better with but sometimes forget is I think reading the cards is annoying, but it's super good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you cheated. Let me see the top card. That is, oh, God. And then, you can, discard, p- and then you can discard it. Yeah, but I'm just so bad at it because so rarely do I leave Sarita in a position where, like, the enemy can see me. Yeah, I've gotten better about it, but it's still difficult because like I'm so used to always keeping her in a safe spot that I forget that that's an ability. I can see where she might get left behind sometimes because she is only movement four. Absolutely. That's the reason why models like the Kurgan are important. Yeah, yeah we'll get into that stupid model here. I, mean, I say stupid model, but I'm starting to 
plays Raido as well. You are starting to love him. I have seen you enjoy playing him. <laughs> so, Dixon, I know people have different ideas about how to play Obey Masters. Yeah. But what are your general thoughts, like, as you're getting into turn one? Like, what are you looking to obey? What are you looking to do with Zoraida? I like to simplify things. Uh, so, personally, what has worked for me has been that. It's just like, okay, so what is a good action that the opponent can take? And what's a good action that I can take to, you know, make it better for me? Uh, like, for example, when we played uh, Ballots... I didn't attack you, like, big damage, whatever. I just went, okay, I obey that model, vote for me. I obey that other model, vote for me. And that was enough. Just simple and straightforward. Well, I think as a Zoraida player, you also have to be good at identifying, like, is there a model I can punish, right? And that could be in a couple different ways. It could be using that model to mess up the unpack of your opponent's turn one. It could be, oh, that model just got a bunch of focus on it. Let me use some of that focus. Because when you obey it, you can use anything that's on it. So I think the last time we, you played Zoraida specifically, mm-hmm. you and I was playing Sandeep, you obeyed the Wind Golem to jump in, yep. attack my stuff, use my Chi up, use my focus up, and then you got the mass trigger to then... Uh, jump into another one of my models and start, you know, up we going and you tossed everything around and it was a hot mess. <sighs> yes, but then I couldn't do everything exactly as planned because you also have butterfly jump. So the way yeah. that works is that you get to move before I get to do the obey and you kind of like were smart enough to like deny some of that juice. Yeah. It was very annoying. <laughs> Yeah, and her obey is super good, too, because it has ensorcel. So if you get double masks, you can take two actions with the obey. And you can also get burnout to give your models fast. They take two damage, but it gives them fast as well as uh, getting the obey action. So you just you get so many just it really rewards, you know, putting your models in good positions and then really just taking advantage of those extra actions. Yeah. Yeah, and on like for example, the the pouncing strike trigger that you're talking about, uh, it was actually the collision, and we talked about it because I could only hurt the target, not the front, the enemy models. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and that's that was the big difference. It's another thing that people have to get used to. Obeys, or if you're obeying an enemy model, he's still friendly to his other models. So yeah. you have to be more careful with what is written on the card. Yeah, yeah, you're talking. Sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're talking about the game that we play with me, Lucius, too, and obeying you with my uh, lawyers at that time, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I would say the other thing besides the obey and the hex, mm-hmm. and uh, if it's our. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that second. I don't think that comes up too much on the hex, the, that if they have the voodoo upgrade, you get to move the target three inches. Do you it get does. much use out of that? Yeah, 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 it does, but it is so rare yeah. that people don't, like, for example, uh, if I hex your, say, Metal Golem, and I give you the opportunity, hey, are you going to discard the cards or the Soul Stones to not have the hex anymore? I've seen people that just go, discard two Soul Stones, I am no longer hex. Yeah. Or, not hex, uh, Wanga Mojo Curse. That's the name of the upgrade. Uh, so that's why. It's, it usually... I try to put the Wanga Mojo Curse on a model 
that I'm going to then debuff, like you've seen with the four, yeah, the the Will O Wisp. Can you explain that? Because like I love that combo, but I, 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 you explain it much better. Yeah, I mean, so on the front of the card, she has the uh, witch ability, oh, the Voodoo Effigy ability. So at the end of Zoraida's activation, you can discard a card to summon a Voodoo doll into base contact with uh, her. So when the Voodoo doll comes out, it attaches the Bongo Combo, Wongo Combo upgrade, whatever it's called. Um, and basically what happens is, yeah, it's called Wonga Mojo after this model summon attach the Voodoo upgrade. And what that upgrade basically says is that any condition the Voodoo doll gets, it gets to the target it basically attached itself to spiritually, if you will. So basically it goes, hey, I'm a mini peacekeeper. Or, hey, I'm a mini, your best model. And then what Dixon usually proceeds to do is attack it with basically stuff that puts conditions out. So it's like, oh no, I stunned my voodoo doll. The peacekeeper is now stunned. Oh no, I gave distracted. It's now distracted. Yep. So it's just, it's really good at just tarp, just nerfing the crap out of probably your best model. Yep. And the best model to do this with is called the Will-O-Wisp. Because yeah. he has an attack that automatically gives stun and distracted without any uh, TN. Like, he doesn't yeah. have to flip. And no over. damage either. And no damage either. So he's doing this to the Voodoo doll without hurting it. And then if you have a crow, any crow will do, you also give it slow. So you give it stun, distracted plus one, and slow. It's the best wombo combo with that four-point model. Yeah, and it's just, it's definitely, definitely a good model. It, it, it's just because... It, you don't start with the Voodoo doll, but you have to discard a card to get it. But it's it's worth it in a lot of cases where you're you know your opponent wants to come in and fight, and this just makes it where you you can't fight. It's just it's so resource intensive at that point that you might get one action. Yeah, you're down basically a beater. Yeah, but going back to Zoraida one, I would say the last thing that I think is interesting to talk about is her Threads of Fate. Mm -hmm. because this is such a mini game when you're playing against the Rida yes. that I think if you're not prepared, prepared for it, you're just going to rage quit <laughs> because it's so infuriating. It, yeah, you have to be able to read your opponent. So there will be points where your opponent becomes good enough to lie to you and give you false information. Uh, so you have to be aware of that. Yeah, so it, it basically what Threads of Fate is, it's her bonus. And both players discard their entire control hand, and then they draw six cards. Yep. So, one, if you have Arcane Reservoir, that doesn't matter, man. You're still only drawing six cards with this bonus. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's kind of the reason why I say it's a mini game is because you know when you're starting the turn, you look at your control hand and you're like, oh man, this is a sweet hand. And then you look and you're like, oh crap, if Zoraida goes first, I'm screwed because she's going to make me pitch my entire sweet hand. Yep, and this is one of those moments where Neverborn Sarita has the advantage over Body yeah. Sarita because Arca uh, Ancient Pack gives it plus one. Wins. Exactly. So you get, usually you get one or two Ancient Packs in a Sarita crew if you're playing Neverborn just so you can go first every turn. Yeah, so my rule of thumb is I usually don't stone for cards when I play against Sarita because I'm like, if I stone for cards and don't go first, I'm just, that's a wasted stone and my hand. Mm hmm. And then my second theory usually is I try to burn through my good cards, even if it's defensively, because I I don't want my good cards to get wasted off that. So I'd rather use them quickly. And then if you don't use 
threads of fate because you're like, oh, he only has two cards left. Yep. Then to me, that's kind of a win because I'm like, okay, she Zoraida might still have good cards, but she's not getting new good cards. Exactly. <laughs> and like I used the, mine. Yeah, that's the trade-off. In my opinion, it's a big trade-off for the uh, for the title because the title version, you can go hand with your hand, activate her, and you'll go back to a full hand. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ridiculous, I and mean, we might as well kind of hop over to her right now. Yeah. So the Swamp Hag title is definitely still interesting. You did say it's kind of still an Obey Master because of the Moth Witch uh, ability. Yes. Basically, anytime Zoraida does a charge, interact, uh, assist, whatever you want to do, a general action that's not a charge, you can discard up to two cards to have friendly Swamp Fiends do that same action. So... And the reason why this is good, specifically in this GG, is you can set it up to stuff the ballot boxes. You can set up to put down scheme markers. You can do it for, you know, putting down the detonate charges, not detonate charges, the um, explosives. Yep. So it, it has a lot of playability. It's a little more set up, but it pays off if you're good at that setup. Let's go with something even more simple and straightforward. You can give plus one. Uh, to all stats to say uh, bad juju or first mate and Mm -hmm. then you just discard a card to take a walk action so now you've increased their thread by an additional walk plus one yeah so witch's brew is her bonus which basically she can if she gets the mask she can do it to two triggers but it increases the target stats all of them by plus one so this includes the attack action stat this includes their basic stats so that makes like the uh, first mate you know, he's move seven, but he's also stat seven on his attack. That yep. Juju stat seven, their defense goes up, their size goes up. It just makes them a lot, not a lot, but it makes them significantly better. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bad Juju being size five has come in handy against uh, Lady J. Oh, yeah. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. It's like, yeah. wait, you're, you're size five? It's like, yeah. I'm actually bigger than your box. <laughs> and it brings his abysmal defense three up to a solid defense four. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And then you put him in cover, and then he's defense five. He's almost a regular model. I love Harlequin's take. It makes bad juju become worse juju. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's definitely good. I think it's it's a lot better on the on the first mate, obviously, just because I think his stats are already solid. Yeah. But when he goes up to defense six, willpower six, move seven, stat seven on his attack, uh, I guess it makes it where your leaps stat eight. <laughs> you only needed two for that yeah. to go off with a mask. And it's kind of interesting because you can play uh, the bad model. I forget his name. The guy with the shotgun and the, uh, but I'm sorry, the rifle and the gator. You can play yeah. him. Say again? Yeah, you're talking about McTavish. Exactly. So that guy, McTavish, he's bad he's a really bad model but with Sarita too if you do that buff every turn he actually becomes a decent model yeah he's not great but and, and some people some people like it I, I think if you if you like his gun like a stat six gun is definitely better than stat five so that's less you know less bad um savage bite then is decently solid it's stat seven with puncture and execute which Absolutely. once again isn't bad oh yeah so He's nine stones, so you're obviously you're putting a little bit into it. But I don't know. I think if you're bringing McTavish, you're probably not. Uh, 
I don't know if you bring McTavish and Bad Juju because they're both pretty expensive. <laughs> uh, correct. I, I'm not saying that you are going to bring McTavish all the time, but if you bring McTavish with Sor- uh, Sorida too with Hagatha, like I, I like I, I like to call her, it's not a bad choice. It's there's other choices that are better for things, but at that point you can actually use them effectively. Looking at her card, the things that stick out to me as I'm starting to kind of play her more is obviously the two we talked about. But she also has one, she can make it where the stun condition doesn't end on a model. That's right. So, so that's pretty good because you can just keep a model stunned and, you know, that's just, that's good, right? Yep. Um, and then I feel like the rest of it is a little mix of some activation control plus a lot of card draw and filtering. In our, uh, in our games, we have noticed that the activation control is probably the number one reason why she wins. Yeah, so I think if you're going to do well with Zoraida Swamp Hag, you gotta, you want Seal Fate on her Lost Knowledge action to go off every turn. Yes. So you want to make sure that Seal Fate goes off. So basically what that does is you have to target a marker. You get to draw two cards, which, you know, by itself that <laughs> seems good. Oh, yeah. But, but then Seal Fate, you just go choose any model on the board, don't need line of sight, doesn't matter range, that model's going next. So I've used that on turn one to be like, oh, hey, you're you're playing Nekama one. She can go ahead and go next before anything else is activated. And then she has no setup. She has no corpses. Yep. It, it's very, uh, I remember you, this is the game that we played and we set it on the podcast, the collect game, where I was completely out of position and I just couldn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, you go into turn two, which turn two is a pretty pivotal turn when it starts off, right? That's usually somebody's trying to take advantage of going first. They're trying to set the pace. And if you go, I'm going to go with Zoraida. I'm going to draw cards. I'm going to off the path to filter my hand and move models around. Then I'm going to seal fate for your totem to go. Oh, look, your little crappy totem. They're going they can double walk or something like they're not going to do anything useful. And now I'm going to go with one of my beaters that I, which is brewed into. And now they have plus one stats. Yep. Yep. Also, uh, if she somehow can fit in, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's a companion ability, either of the companion abilities, uh, then you effectively get three activations because so yeah, right under her thing. Yeah. So the other thing that she does is lost effigy. You can summon a puppet for cost or less on the, uh, on the tome trigger. If you do that on lost knowledge, you don't draw cards though. I guess you can't have everything. But, oh no. <laughs> but this is where I think it gets a little tricky because you want to try to recognize which puppets you don't want to do that. I don't think you do that every turn, but you want to notice which puppets are going to be good in situations, right? So for example, I summoned the last game turn one, I summoned a little wicked doll and you know, that doesn't look overly impressive, but what that thing ended up scoring me like two or three points, right? Dixon. Yeah. You got two VPs straight up out of a free three point model. Yeah. And it's just a, basically a free model that I got just for, you know, doing that little action. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about it after the game and you mentioned, uh, I think it was the lucky, F- no, it was the, the shadow, effig- effig- the yeah. shadow effigy. Yeah. W- what was your plan again? So I said that I should have I should have summoned the Shadow Effigy a lot earlier, like turn two or three, because I could have used that to get extra interacts to stuff the ballot and all this other stuff. So that was a mistake I made where I was like, yeah, I should have recognized those extra interacts would have been good for me to get. 
Yeah. And it's in, uh, I know that we've said it before in the podcast, but it bears repeating. The Ten Thunders FUD can tell Sorita to interact, and then she, if she hasn't used her once per turn Moth Witch, she can mm-hmm. use it at that point. Yeah, which is good, because then you don't have to waste one of her APs during her turn to do that. Plus, I haven't, I don't have enough games in with her crew yet, but I already know there's going to be instances where I don't want to interact with Zoraida till later in the turn, but I still want to activate her early. So I activate her, do all her stuff, but then the effigy that I have summoned can be like last activation, have Zoraida interact, and discard two cards to have two of her Swamp Fiends interact, and yep. it gets you points. It's going to win games. That is... Yeah disgusting we've seen it already multiple and times it's disgusting not only that the model that the shadow effigy has obey or not obey but uh, interact the shadow effigy it says on the action that they can do that even if engaged oh my so i don't God. know if you caught i don't know if you caught on to that no i forgot about that you're right <laughs> yeah so that's really good <laughs> yeah yeah it is but and then obviously draw or uh, off the path to discard two cards and then draw two cards and then move two, three or four inches on a model is just really good for helping your crew position. And uh, the fact that it also drops a ski marker on a tome. Yeah. And uh, honestly, Zoraida's crew also puts out a lot of concealing. There's a concealing trigger moth swarm that you put on a model. Uh, the Kurrigan puts out concealment. The shadow F, or sorry, shadow effigy can put out concealing with its bonus action. So you can have little pockets of concealing to help cover your crew as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Kurgan is a huge one, but I usually see the Kurgan stay within four, three inches of sorry, or something like that. Yeah, and there's the the, the four games I've had with uh, Swamp Hag. Mm-hmm. I. It's just crazy how many cards you draw and filter with Zoraida. <laughs> like, I look at my hand and I'm like, well, this is kind of a crap hand. But then I'm like, well, I'm just going to go with Zoraida and, like, draw four cards and, you know, off the path to filter. And then why not? She has Nefarious Pack to draw another card when she's done going. Yeah, two of her actions draw you cards. So at that point in time, and when she ends her activation, she has, you know, a, a last card. So incidentally, unless you, like, walk in three times, you might just draw three cards by mistake that's how stupid her card draw is yeah and it's just it's really solid and it's kind of interesting because obviously she draws cards but i think the challenging part with zoraida swamp hag is figuring out how to win with her and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about as we kind of go into this thing yep yep so we already went over her puppet which i mean it's going to you know, cause problems, but I think the only thing that it does of note is Jinx, but I think you've done Unexpected Connection a couple times. Uh, Unexpected Connection, I've done it for the Tall Game. That was like the the very last time that I got to use it efficiently because the wall had bulldoze and you put a whole bunch of stuff in the middle. So I just bulldoze right through it. (laughs) That's what it was. Yeah, and it, I mean, you're not going to do much with the Voodoo Doll. You're kind of like, maybe if I do a point or two of damage, that's fine. And then you end up killing yourself and like drawing a card once you feel like you got enough mileage out of the Voodoo Doll. Yeah, the most common uh, course of action that I've seen people do with Sarita, and, and this is another combo that people should be aware of at the very least, or if you're if you're interested in playing Sarita, 
the Widow Weaver uh, gets to make puppets, or Vasilis as well, but Widow Weaver is a henchman, so you can stone for the cards that you're missing. So what happens is, uh, Soraya activates, she makes a Voodoo Doll, then the Will-O-Wisp attacks the Voodoo Doll, nerfs the Ever-Living out of whatever model uh, the Voodoo Doll is on, then the Voodoo Doll activates, clears all conditions, does whatever little thing it wants, kills himself, draws you a card, then you activate the Widow Weaver, and then the Widow Weaver makes a stitch together. Now, obviously, you're not doing this all in one succession. It's like you go, then your opponent goes, and so on and so forth. But that is the most obvious way to play Sarita. Uh, so it's a good way to start. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So getting into the core models that you usually bring with Zoraida, uh, do you feel like it's pretty similar for both her and the title, or do you notice some differences in a lot of the list building? Oh, significantly different, uh, especially also how you want to activate both of them. I mean, you, you actually hinted at, a, at that because if your hand is bad or if you're lacking cards, you activate Serata and that problem is solved. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about Swamp Hag specifically, right? Both of them. Both of them. Yeah, true, Literally. true, because you could just do your bonus and like, cool, I got new cards. Yeah, yeah. She's so, so frustrating. Yeah. The thing is that the Serata won. Hagatha can do it at any point in time during the activation. Like, the activation phase. Like, literally, she can be first, middle, last activation. You get to choose uh, when. She is better towards the beginning because she can force a model that's useless or, or requires setup to go first. But I've seen you activate her, like, fourth activation and still make me, you know, upset. Yeah, and I think something else with Zoraida Swamp Hag that I've done, I've used Seal Fate to make healers go before there was any damage on the table. Yeah, we talked about that a very, very long time ago. It always bears repeating. Activate the healer before the healer has something to heal. Yeah, because, you know, they'll have a healer and they'll just be like, cool, I'm just sitting back till I need to, you know, heal up a few points of damage. But that's why you're just like, cool, man, go ahead and go with your hodgepodge emissary right now. Oh, that, that's the worst, because then he has no manipulative, he yep. healed nothing. Like, it's just like, well, I'm going to run away. Yeah. <laughs> so what is a model that I think, let's start with models that both of these like to like to use. So I know you and I both like Bad Juju, so let's talk about him first. And I think he works well in both, in both versions of Zoraida. Okay. So what are some positives that you like about Bad Juju? Because well, a lot of people see the defense three and hate it. Oh, absolutely. But, like, first things first, let's leave the best for last. And I know exactly, like, you know, I'm sorry, you know exactly what I mean when I say best for last. So Bad Juju is awesome, even though he only has one action. That's it. We have to admit the fact that he's just punching people. He just has huge fists and that's it. And it, it does have really uh, good triggers. He has uh, focus attention, so he gets a focus whenever he attacks you for the next attack. And he can also do uh, quicksand, I think, which is like movement 15 or get slow. on yeah, that. Just a casual movement 15. Casual movement 15 on the target and enemy models within two inches of that model. It's so disgusting. So that's one. But he also has planted roots. He has Regen 2. He has uh, Demise Eternal. So he's he's very front-loaded on healing. Yeah. Uh, if your opponent has no way to deal with the healing, his Willpower 7 and Planted Roots actually makes him incredibly hard to control. Yeah, the Planted Roots part is the big thing. 
Yeah, he, he gets out of hand quickly. If you can't control him, because like uh, the weakness of a lot of the beaters, like the Mousaurus Rex or Toto, you know, big models like that, the, the Golems, all of them, is low stats on their willpower. And most willpower attacks control a model, right? Mm -hmm. But Bad Juju is willpower seven. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and he has ambush for a bonus, and you can put out concealing terrain, so you don't. You're probably not discarding a card with bad juju. Yeah, ambush is there if he hasn't been to combat. It just x three extra inches of threat. Yeah, I mean he's movement five, so that's eight, yep. and then he has two inch reach, so that's ten inch threat. Plus, we have another model that is very good that basically just makes bad juju a problem. Yeah, the legend. <laughs> The, the thing that really, it, it deserves all the credit. <laughs> and I know three, four, six, twice doesn't seem like a big deal. You're just like, yeah, that's good. But, you know, you get two swings, maybe you miss one. But that's why I think Zoraida one is really good because you can get four attacks out of bad juju a turn. Yes. Actually, yes. you could get five if you, well, no, it's still four because that would make him fast, but without Ensorcel. Yeah, yeah. Also, you can get, uh, the enemy to you, so Baidu doesn't even have to like position that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to like overextend him because you can just bring stuff to you. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen it before where you're playing Zoraida one, you're putting injured on people, getting the uh, coordinated attack trigger. Bad Juju slams in for three or four or six damage, and then you ensorcel Bad Juju, so now he's smacking the crap out of you again. So out of activation, bad juju is hitting you like three times. Yeah, yeah, it, and it doesn't even take that much. It's like a seven. If you get a seven of crows and you do two damage to him and give him fast, he activates and heals two to three health, and then he's just right back to normal. Yeah, and it's stat six, so you're hitting models usually either equal to or below. So you're gonna hit a lot of these and just do. I mean, even if you're doing min damage. Hitting somebody four or five, six times for min three is still really bad. Yeah, for sure. Like, for for your opponent. <laughs> Not for bad Juju. He's loving it. Uh. Yeah, so I, there's ways to counter that, though, obviously, with Zoraida 1. I think the Riot Breaker is probably the biggest thing to help stop the nonsense. Yes, and you have to go out of your way. As a Zoraida player, you have to go out of your way to kill that thing quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a very few models that say you can't do actions out of your own activation as a model. Uh, the Riot Breaker is one of them. Yep. So if you play against Guild, you have to be aware of that because that can make it where you're just not getting that much out of bad juju. Yep. Yeah, there's um, only one other model that you have to like really look towards. It's Kaya from Ten Thunders. Mm -hmm. But that's a you rarely see her. But you have to be aware of her. Yeah, and I think also with bad juju... You have to be aware where Zoraida is putting him. Because if you see Bad Juju engaging a model and Zoraida hasn't activated yet, you have to realize you're in the danger zone and Dixon's <laughs> laser is about to unload on you. Yeah, we coined that term a long time ago. But like uh, to describe it real quick, it, that's the combo with Hex that we were talking about in the beginning where you Hex somebody with the trigger of a coordinate attack. You will spend a Soul Stone if necessary. Because yeah. this is how dangerous it is. Once you hex it, Bad Juju is now effectively stat 7. And then the second hex, you're now effectively stat 8. And so on and so forth. And then Bad yep. Juju gets to activate. And, you know, it's it's just bad. <laughs> Don't yeah. get hit by this. 
Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It, it is, and you think like, oh, I'm okay. You know, is Rida's going to, you know, jinx me, and then maybe she'll get an obey with bad juju. It's like no, she's going to hex you with coordinated attack. So then you're not just taking that damage; you're losing a defense and bad juju swinging on you with no trigger. But then she's going to obey bad juju and sorcel him to give him two more swings on you. <laughs> and if she wants to, she can jinx you again. And once again, she's doing damage, jinxing you to put out injured. And then um, bad juju is getting one more swing on you with coordinated yeah. attack. Yeah, yeah. Hex, hex is legit. Hex, by the way, when he says jinx, it, that's what he means. Is hex. Yeah, I meant I meant hex. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, same thing. Yeah, and it's just it's gross because not only are you doing damage with Zoraida and injured, you're probably getting about three or four swings with bad juju. So that's pretty good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And again, he's very hard to control. Once uh, if you don't have any anti heal, if you have no way to deal with the demise, it doesn't matter if he's defense three. Like there's so many ways to make your life hard. Yeah, you really if you don't have a way to get around the demise or the heal, you really have to soak like a either like a really heavy hitting model, like a straight up killer into him, or you have to just put a crap ton of AP into him. Yep, and. And I, I even told you when we played the other day, I was like, did Bad Juju really do that much? And you were like, well, yeah, he took like a Toto. Like, a Toto had to go at him the whole game almost. Yes. Uh, my master, Ototo, and one more model literally were on him since turn one. Yeah. He eventually died. And uh, Black Joker almost ruined the entire thing. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And we were even saying like, well, if I would have stunned a Toto, Bad Juju probably wouldn't have died at all. Yeah. That's true. That's absolutely true. So, yeah, Bad Juju's a solid model. I don't think he's bad. I think people look at the defense three and kind of flip out about it. But I think if he wasn't defense three, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he'd be busted. <laughs> now, as far as the Rida two, the Swamp Hag, I think it's a lot of using him as like a screen. Yeah. So kind of being like, you know, you're. I feel like the second version of Zoraida interacts more and kind of. I feel like she can fight, but I feel like she's better at probably scheming and 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 you know strategies like stuff the ballot and stuff. Yep. Because she's more efficient with AP and more efficient with like just kind of sculpting the hand to kind of just get profit somehow. And honestly, the I, I've been thinking about it since you mentioned uh, McTavish for Bad Juju, and I think Hagatha trading those two models is not terrible you're right yeah because the games that i've played bad juju has you know bad juju killed some models like some squishier ones some like scheme runners mm -hmm. uh he's kind of like made a couple of uh masters kind of pee their pants a little bit <laughs> like like you played the obey um misaki yeah and i just threw bad juju in your face and you're like well then <laughs> yeah no i i needed to have a 13 in hand to be able to obey him I was like, this is not easy. Yeah, because he's willpower seven. If I put the thing on him, he's willpower eight, yes. which is brew. Yeah, so, like, oof. Oh, my God. You didn't get to do that before I obeyed him. Oh, thank the... That's <laughs> so good. That yeah, would have been bad. The, you saw the danger lights, and you were like, oh, okay, I need to do something. Yeah, and I stone and prevented, like, six damage throughout the game and healed her back up. Uh, yeah, Juju did his job, but... Uh, like like you said, you probably could swap him out for some other swamp fiend, like the what is it called, the swamp mother, the the silhouette mom. 
Yeah, it's the Swamp Mother, I think. Yeah, uh, Spawn Mother. So you can yeah, there do it is. Spawn Mother. You can do McTavish, maybe. I, I've seen him work. I'm not convinced, but I definitely need to give him a fair shirt. A uh, fair shake again. Do you like the Swamp Mother? Uh, Spawn Mother, yes. I actually or sorry, Spawn her. Mother, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I have played her. She is good. The problem is that uh, Bad Juju and First Mate do the job better, in my opinion. So usually I don't need all three beaters. Yeah, because Spawn Mother has like a 2-3-6 damage track, which is not great, but she she has built-in poison. Right. Uh, it does have puncture, so, I mean, you can get there. That's I don't really, one. I don't really love anything else on her card. <laughs> no, no, you just, you just said the thing that actually makes her a good beater is puncture. The puncture. Yeah, 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 because if she just gets the puncture, because you can like, oh, stonefield puncture, cheat a high card or whatever. Now I get a straight flip. They have to cheat her stone because six damage is not something that you can ignore. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and she and she can just do poison as well. Like, there's just so many little things that she does that in the end do a lot of damage. I wish her tactical actions did something. I, I just, I don't like the gup hatch lay egg thing. I think it's clunky and nonsense. Yeah, I, I found that it's a trap. Uh, it's a very yeah. interesting thing, but I found that it's a trap. If you use her like a cheaper bad juju with stealth, I find that she's better. Yeah, stealth isn't terrible. Yep, that's it. Yeah, and maybe, yeah, maybe. I'll have to... I'll have to, you know, maybe actually buy this model and try it. I've I've only played her like once, and I was like, meh. <laughs> yeah, no, she she has like one thing against her, which is like she doesn't ignore severe, but the fact that you know she has stealth is actually pretty huge. Yeah, so the I think there's two other models that both versions of Zoraida like. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the first mate's just good. Yes, hundred percent. Like, He's a schemer. He's a beater. He ended up almost one-shotting uh, Desper when we played on Tuesday. And we have verified that the strategy that we mentioned about having a, a beater schemer, like a... We said May Fang as an example, but First Mate is a perfect example. You send him out to hunt down a scheme runner and do schemes at the same time. Yeah, basically I pushed him off to run with a, uh, with a Sillerid. And I saw you kind of positioning towards the Sillerid that was kind of by himself. Yep, that's so per. I, I was, yeah, I so I just, sent, I just sent him to basically counter whatever yeah. you were going to do over there. I sent you a Desper Leroux and a Torokage and one more model. And first made and one Sillerid took care of all of that. One second. Yep. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, so, I mean, he has a good leap that you can get an attack with a ram. Uh, his anchor's 235, but you can get crit strike in there. He's a henchman, so you can get plus two if you really need it. How's pouncing strike, so you can get squishier stuff? Uh, giving out slow is fine, but you, you don't get that one quite as often, but it's still good when you do. And then he has stealth, he's move six, you get to draw a card, he has butterfly jump. So it's just really good stuff. Yep, yep. And freeload actually gets a lot of use now. Yeah, it gets more Shh. use for sure. So annoying. Yeah, and then I think the silent MVP helping to just unpack this crew and get it where it needs to is the freaking Kurrigan for both versions. The legendary bush. So, shifting earth is annoying. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, It's the best mode of transportation, and you've abused it, so I can't possibly see how you're mad about it. 
I mean, I'm I'm less mad when I'm using it. Yeah, exactly. Like you catapulted bad juju. How many inches was it? Fourteen. Uh, yeah. So it, it I, basically the Kurgan hopped him over himself. So shifting Earth takes a model within three when you activate with the Kurgan, mm. and you can place it anywhere within three of the Kurgan. Yep. So the Kurgan gets pushed with either Zoraida or if you bring Bog out of keyword. So you just move him a little bit with off the path. And then you use Shifting Earth to then teleport Bad Juju or X-Beater or Zoraida, who's three inches behind you and is now three inches ahead of you. And you're a 50 mil base, so what's that, a casual eight-inch place? Yeah, yeah. And then you push him five, so that's 13. Yeah. So casually. Yeah, av yeah Avalanche pushes you 15, 13 inches, not activated. And, and for a five. Like, you don't even need a high card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the big thing is just helping get your models where they need to be. Um, Mudslide puts up severe concealing terrain. So that's good around him. It also makes it where you have, during your activation, you have a three-inch reach with tangled roots. So I've used that to help reach some squishy models to kill them with the Kurgan. That's been pretty good. You can, when you obey him also, it's not during his activation, it's just whenever he does his melee attack. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. So, and then I think the other thing I've seen you really do with him that can be pretty gross is I've seen you heave some models into some <laughs> very provocative uh, situations. Yeah. Uh, I oftentimes rescue my own models too, doing the same thing. Whenever you hit one of your models for any RAM, you can just heave one of your models. You can... You can heave three inches from Kurgan. So you can put up the mudslide, charge X model, hit them with a ram, and then place them three inches from the Kurgan. So that's, again, an eight-inch displacement Yeah, for two damage. That's yeah, I've seen, the, I've seen the Kurgan take, like, for example, I've seen him take the Riot Breaker and throw the Riot Breaker at Bad Juju to then have Bad Ju Juju kill it. <laughs> yes, yeah, like I literally, like, Oh, charged in the middle of your... I lost the Kurrigan, by the way, that game. It was yeah. like turn two. So I traded an eight-point model for a seven-point model, but I felt that that won me the game. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, the Kurrigan... If you aren't ready for the Kurrigan... Because Swamp Fiend doesn't have a ton of armor, but if you don't have a way to deal with armor too, the Kurrigan's pretty hard to put down. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because it's eight, eight hit points, armor two... Uh, if you can ignore armor, the Kurgan just dies. <laughs> yeah, he also like randomly has concealment because reasons. Uh, he's really good. Yeah. So definitely those are the models that I think both versions of Zoraida uh, like. And I think anything else is kind of just like what you prefer, what's good for the, the mission. So I think actually comes the important part. Models that are good with specific ones. In Bayou... I think Bog is great with Sarita too, with Hagatha specifically. Yeah. Because he just randomly drops scheme markers for no reason at all. Yeah, that when I I, I was kind of struggling because before I brought Bog into uh, the Swamp Hag, I, I was having a trouble figuring out where to put my markers down for Zoraida to, to use. And I was having to activate like the Kurgan. So the Kurgan is going to be a marker now so I can remove him. But then he's taking two damage and that's not good. So once I put Bog in there, though, because Bog, he has a weary road, which, you know, just puts down a scheme marker and gives you movement. 
And then when he's done activating, he just puts down a tide marker. So for really no resources, he's putting down two markers for Zoraida to manipulate. And he's getting cards and he's like, he's just doing stuff and things. Yeah. And he's just a tough model too. He's just, he, he makes your crew tougher to deal with. Cause he puts out uh, hard to wound essentially with his body odor crap yep. or whatever. Yep. Uh, with, with the game that we played with me playing Masaki, I gave up on trying to kill you at one point because of how hard you were. You had no soul yeah. stones, and I still was like, I'm just going to obey you to start voting for me because there's no way that I'm going to kill him. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that was just the best way to win the game for you at that point, too. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. So, I know you like killing stuff, Dixon, but you know sometimes <laughs> that's not going to help you win. <laughs> Getting into some of these other models, what are some other Swamp Fiend models that you kind of bring every now and then or maybe has oh. a good good corner case situation for Zoraida? So I, I still think that we should talk about like the other three models that you get out of faction. We've mentioned, we, we get four actually. Uh, Sammy for both versions of Zoraida, but more importantly for Zoraida 1 because obeying her jinx is disgusting. I don't know if you agree, but like there's multiple ways to give uh, Sammy fast in that crew as well. Yeah, I think that you just, I think when you don't want to deal with a model because you just want to get it off the table, it'll just try to jinx and get the glimpse of the void trigger to go off. Yes. Because it, it basically becomes willpower 15. It's super gross. Yeah, and I got to put more games into Sammy with Zoraida. I actually like Sammy more for drawing cards, and I, since I'm leaning towards the swamp hag i don't know if i need that exactly so i actually don't i don't actually don't know if i'll bring sammy a lot in swamp hag because i i think you can but it's not optimal mostly because of what you just said yeah i don't know i'm not sure if i would bring sammy but sammy's good yeah but if you ever play like you said that you're gonna give more games to sarita one i recommend you bring sammy in that one sure yeah yeah sure. for sure now for the people that play Neverborn, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but look into the Emissary, because the Emissary works super well with Kurgan and Bad Juju. Uh, and the other two are Hinamatsu and Angel Eyes, because those models are insane. More actions, more better. Yeah, I think Angel Eyes getting buffed naturally makes that better with Zoraida 1. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, it's 2-3-5 with Crit Strike on a gun. <laughs> that ignores cover, that ignores concealment, that ignores friendly fire. So even all the concealment you're putting up with Zoraida, Angel yeah. Eyes doesn't care. Angel Eyes and does not care. You can you and people are like, well, you know, sometimes snipers they get out of position. Well, you have off the path if you bring Zoraida two. Yeah. If you want to obey with Zoraida one, which is usually what you're going to do here, you can just use the Kurrigan to get Angel Eyes into position, then obey her to shoot everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so many multiple... By the way, that's another thing. Look into not having to walk. Walking yep. is like the enemy of this crew. Yep. Yeah, you want to be... that, But it's very efficient at getting models where they need to be. So, yeah, unless you're playing Swamp Hag, you really don't walk. So, yeah, I think those are all good shout-outs for sure. Any, anything that's like, this is a good model that has a good attack, it's going to be good with Zoraida 1 for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, literally, both emissaries in both factions, uh, all of the beaters in Bayou, like Alphonse, we now got Lenny. Oh, my God, Lenny. Oh, my God, Lenny. Anti-Mel. Uh, bro, Lenny with the smuggler. Ah, oh, crap. 
that's not gonna work with Soraya, but that was a good combo. I I love that. Combo. Yeah, putting that putting the hat on. Uh, yeah, the Lemmy slide on Lenny. Yeah. Yeah. So dang, I'm trying to. Uh, what do you think with Mantra? I haven't tried it with Mantra yet, but I'm not so. Good. I'm. Hmm. I'm not a fan of Mancha. I know a bunch of Bayou players probably hate me for saying that. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you. Like, I like. I'm them. just. I'm not. I'm not a fan of him. Like, I like the idea of Mancha, but actually putting him on the table and playing him. The only time I've played him that I like him is with Zip Two because I can push him around. Yep. So maybe with Zoraida, I'd have to try it out. Yeah, that's the main reason why with Zoraida One specifically and the Kurgan, you can put him wherever you want and mutilate mm. with the cards that you get. Oh, that is so good. And we are going to see a lot of... This This is going to be a lot more scheme markers and other markers in this GG. So that could be something too with uh, with Pancha. Yeah. I, I, does, I know that he needs does a he, Does he remove all markers or just non-scheme markers? I believe it's non... Yeah, non-scheme markers. Okay. And it's within two inches of himself. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment has always been... I removed this pyre marker to smack uh, Karis in the face. <laughs> I was like, take this fire. Bam. <laughs> yeah, it's but just yeah, good. Uh, and Zoraida yeah, no, puts out a lot of conditions too. Beater, so do you want extra that might be good too. Which one? Well, I was saying with Mancha, if you are attacking a model that has conditions on it, Zoraida puts out a lot of conditions. Mm. So you, you can end the condition to do plus one damage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dude, he, he's he's great. He's so good. Oh my god, he's so good. <laughs> well, his damage is high, but he doesn't survive. That's a big issue with him. That is true. But, you know, this is a a gaining grounds that might be a little more schemey, so maybe he can, you know, hang hang out a bunch. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these other Swamp Bean models, because I am curious to see if they will do anything. Uh <laughs> Okay. I, so is there any other... Let's start with minions, just in general. Are there any other minions, Dixon, that you have found good use with Zoraida? Uh, back in GG3, I can tell you, yes. I am still coming up with the other ones, so I'm going to say uh, some of the ones that in GG3 they, they did highlight. Wall guys. Wall guys were great at moving the card marker, so I'm going to definitely try to find a, a place for them in GG4. I was going to say, yeah, the walled guys can do some scheming. They're a little slow, though. Uh, um, you have plenty of uh, concealing, so moving 11 is one inch more than average. Well, I am in more of the camp of the Silurids myself. Silurids are MVPs. Uh, I think you can slam three of these on the table in a lot of pools in Gaining Grounds 4 and not feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be optimized all the time, but... Dude, you you only have one, and that one still got you one point. It died, yeah, and it still see, gave you a BP. See, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like Harlequin in the chat knows. He's like <laughs> Silurids, just period. That's just it. Silurids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have four Silurids because you have three, and then you have the first mate. Yeah, I, I still I'm not in the camp like you and Jesse because you and Jesse love to like three models of this. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't usually, but I I played a game with uh the swamp hag with three silurids and it was pretty good oh yeah oh yeah because uh, i scored outflank with no problem yeah 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 uh i i was gonna say like you probably can do the same thing with gups but like <laughs> i feel that gups are what terrible a, what does a gup even do let me look at this card it has leap and movement four and stealth 
But it's not a suited leap. It's not a suited leap, so I you mean, need the mask. It only needs a three of mask, maybe, maybe. Oh, I these think. things, they're not insignificant. I thought they were. No, no, they're mindless, though. So that's why I was like, why do you want to summon these? <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah, just bring, uh, just hire three of them. It's a nine stones. <laughs> you only move four. I wish they were faster. Oh, uh, dude, I'm, me too. What do, they, what do they even do? So they're one, two, three damage. Yeah. And adulthood, reached only after killing. Yeah, dude, they're oh, they, they grow up into a Silurid. Okay. Yeah, they're wicked dolls that can turn into a, a Silurid if they get lucky. Hmm. Yeah, because you need a first off, you need a suit, <laughs> and then you need to kill the model. I'm just saying, you gotta get so, lucky. <laughs> so here's the thing, Dixon. What's up? M my local game store has that box with the swamp, <laughs> the spawn mother, and the gups. I think I'm gonna buy it. Just, just to play just so with I your. Can, just so I can slam three gups on the table in the spawn mother. Bro, you should do that in your. Because I know you're playing a lot of like newer players, so it gets you some practice with them, and they get a chance. All right. What is? <laughs> let's go back. I'm gonna see. Hold on. Let's go back to the spawn mother real quick. I want to see what this. So she has to summon. Summon a Gups into base contact with any friendly egg marker in play, then remove the friendly egg with base contact from the Gups. <laughs> so I got a four to put the put the stupid Gups down, and then I need a six of Rams to summon a Gup. I'm telling you, man, it's a trap. Don't do it. It's a trap. Yeah, I know. This is the same thing that I'm sure all Spawn Mother, like people that are like questioning playing her, they're like, well, I don't know. I could get some Gups down, and that might be good. And it's like... I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Maybe turn one or maybe turn four, but it's not great. The reason what do, is, what do you think? What do you think about just hiring three gups? Just spend nine stones and get three gups. Uh, I'm not against one, mostly because I play, uh, like I said, wicked dolls, and I know wicked dolls are great. So that's it. That's the only reason why I wouldn't be against getting one. I don't think I would like summoning these. Like you said, maybe turn one. Mm-hmm. But I do think hiring one gup might not be bad. I'm, dude. If in you this, can make in, them this work. in in GG four, I mean, you obviously a wicked doll is better, mm. because it's faster. I Someone's, think that's the only, and and they have that. I think their uh, was it creep along or whatever they have is yeah. better than this unsuited leap. Yeah. Okay, that's kind of funny. All right, moving on to actual. <laughs> These are pipe dreams. We're going to make them work someday, though. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. All right, so I don't know about you. Obviously, Silurids are good. You you don't mind the old Walt guys. Right. Uh, obviously, I think the Will-O-Wisp is better with Zoraida 1. Just because uh, you... Actually, yes. actually, no. It, actually, it is fine with Zoraida 2 as well, because you can still summon the Voodoo Doll. It's Yes, it's not uh, efficient or optimized, but it's not a bad pick. Yeah, because you have to essentially get the trigger, and then you have to, instead of doing another puppet, you do the voodoo doll. Yes. And you have to hire a Will-O-Wisp. I think Will-O-Wisps were better last GG because the two-inch reach was very good for uh, Covert. They're just as good in raids, and they're fairly good in uh, ballots. Okay. Because they're four points, they're significant, and they fly. And they also have, uh, what's the word here? Um... The concealing movement ambush. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So they're still not a bad model. I can. They're weird looking models. Like I don't know what they're supposed to be. Yep. Like these undead. Like they're not undead, but they almost look like undead, like fat pixies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the honestly, the the only losers in the keyword as far as minions are are gators and bokors, 
Because Gators are only good when summoned by Bog. <laughs> and Bokors are just bad in this GG. Yeah, you can, instead of bringing them to heal, it's like you might as well just bring like Bowfish Bokor. Exactly. I mean, you're paying two more points, I think, or is it only one? It's it's too out of keyword. Yeah, it's it's very sad. Because like, you would rather pay two more stones for a model that's going to do other stuff. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. I agree. And then I just have to ask you one more thing, uh, Dixon. Where do you ever use the Adza model? Uh, double Masters if you're playing Neverborn because you can get Marcus. It's actually a good model. Is it? At that oh, point, crap. Yes. It's, it's move 7. It is. That's the main reason why. Because like you start giving it buffs, and all of a sudden it gets out of hand real fast. Hmm, that's interesting. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. It's the but same yeah, move, the... I was going to say move 8 with the uh, wings from Marcus would be pretty good. Yeah, move 9 if you're playing Hagatha. <laughs> yeah, it gets out of hand real fast. Same as the Malosaurus Rex. Like Cam will tell you that in our game, it just went way out of uh, control. Okay, well that that that's good to know. Yeah, and I say I will tell people if you see a Willow Wisp on the table, it is worth going out of your way to try and kill that thing. Yeah, because it will neuter your stats with the stupid Voodoo doll. Yep. So. All right, let's kind of get into some of just the generalities of it. We got some of the models. We did some pipe dreaming and some, you know, I have a dream type stuff with the Pigapult <laughs> and some Gups. But let's talk about Gaining Grounds 4. We have these four strats, Dixon. Yeah. If I wanted to, do you think Zoraida with her title and her original version, are they good enough to play in Gaining Grounds 4 just solo if you wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're great generalist masters. And they haven't lost... Actually, they gained power. Yeah. How do you think they gained power? Ballots is now uh, completely online for them. Uh, one second, sorry. Yeah, and that's specifically because Zoraida can obey your opponent to stuff the ballot for your crew. So you can be like, cool, go ahead and throw you know two votes in for the old uh, Zoraida to become president of your club. <laughs> so... That's good. Uh, the other ones, the uh, plant explosives and um, oh, why can't I think of the other interact one? Uh, there's plant explosives. There's ballots. There's cloak and dagger. Cloak and dagger. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, so yeah. you could. So yeah, I think, I think as sp those interact ones, you could play Zoraida two and do very well. Yes. I think stuff the ballot. That definitely could be Zoraida one as well. Yep. And I think if you're going. Honestly, with Raid the... What is it called? Raid, raid the, the Vaults. Uh, raid the Vaults, thank you. Yeah. I think that one you could drop either version to if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, in in my experience, uh, Raid the Vaults now makes the... Uh, what's the the big slime thing that's ginormous? The model is like bigger than Juju. Uh, Groot Slang. About yeah, okay. So the Groot Slang becomes because uh, in gg3 he was fantastic at covert because he didn't need to interact he could just teleport to either corner and deny and, a point or control it at the same time you know deny and control because he has he has two inch reach yeah with his tongue uh so you can do still that you, you can still do that you can still raid the vaults with him uh he just doesn't stand up and fight he is a very bad scheme runner uh chaser but he can still scheme and get you points for free. 
Like, if your opponent doesn't send something back to get to deal with him, he just wins. Yeah, he he can be a problem in some in some boards. I think he's better into like corner and flank. Exactly. Because it's harder to turn around and go deal with him. Yeah, once you get past the midline and those two types of deployment, he he just becomes a huge problem. You're like, oh crap! Well, there he goes. <laughs> yep, there goes that man. <laughs> uh, okay, so I I don't know, man. It, it's I think it's. If you are wanting to become like a very good player where you're good at analyzing your opponent's stuff, I think that's where at being the Zoraida master mm. starts to really sing. Because if you're just obeying, you know, just to like walk, like I'm going to obey my model to walk. That's kind of like, that's like a baby step, right? Like you're like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing yet. But when you're obeying your opponent's crew to really punish them or you're putting your models into positions to you know, capitalize on, you know, maybe bad positioning or if there's a problematic model and you're just like, I don't want to deal with that effort. He can go that way. Yep. Or I'm, or I'm going to stun him and I'm going to do all this stuff to make them a bad model. That's when I think Zoraida becomes a really powerful keyword. Yeah. If you don't need to win attrition, she is disgusting. In, in Neverborn, she gets the added bonus that she can put in models like uh, Thune or the most commonly used tactic with uh, Widow Weaver, like I said, and finally Candy, which if you played against Candy, that that yeah. seems like putting yourself in a uh, being locked inside a bathroom with a Wolverine. That's how it feels like sometimes. Yeah, so I think really capitalizing on those out of keyword models or those really good models that you bring. But I think the hardest thing for people that plays Zoraida mm. is with the original version, I think figuring out the best way to optimize your obey actions. Yeah. Cause I think, like I said, a lot of people just are like, I'm going to use obey to attack. I'm going to use obey to walk. And it's like, no, you need to be getting better. Like it's almost like you got to start thinking 3d chess with Zoraida one. Like I can, I've even seen you obey a model to give it burnout, and this is one of my models, and you're just doing that purely to do two damage to kill it on the on the trigger for burnout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like with Zoraida, you got to start thinking that level of okay, how can I use this card to, you know, manipulate the board so I can you know win the day. There, there is. Uh, famously in the podcast we mentioned that it took me in M3E it took me 30 games before I felt comfortable with Sorita. Yeah, that's that's how complicated her decision tree becomes in M3E so I wouldn't be shocked some people get her fast you know some people are talented like that but like it might take you longer might take you about the same as me yeah and I think with Zoraida 2 the thing that's going to take you probably the longest to figure out is how to best use seal fate against your opponent. That's huge. Because if you go, I'm going to make that model activate. And if your opponent's okay with that, you're using that trigger wrong. Like yep. you want to have them activate something that they do not want to activate right now. Yep. That they groan physically be like, Oh, <laughs> well, that was like turn one that we played on Tuesday. I turn one. I was like, cool. I activate Zoraida. And I didn't even use my pass tokens because I wanted to activate early so I could make you go with a model early. Yeah. Yep. So I literally activated Zoraida and I said, cool, I want to see where Desper's going. 
and that was so huge because you're right like if you let me do that till end turn i'll be like this model that you have is now out of position and i'm just gonna steal soul stones yeah and exactly he did not let me do that uh that being said uh there's like many tricks uh you can start looking around like the combo that we we talked about it uh try to like rewind that part about the widow weaver that's a yeah. great way to start. I really recommend it. If you're playing uh, Bayou, pick up Bog, summon a Gator, and try to see how much you can do with the Gator. Like, that's how silly this becomes. Yeah, I don't usually summon the Gator with Bog, but in Zoraida, I, because it, it's a Swamp Fiend model, I think it fits very well with yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it is worth summoning in most games with Zoraida. Well, I'm, I'm talking about, like, if you're a casual gamer, you don't have to be a sure. tournament player to enjoy Sarita. Oh, no. <laughs> so, like, you're right. On tournament play, I believe the gator can become a trap. But sure. uh, as a casual gamer, just summon it, see what you can do with it, and how it interacts with Sarita. And honestly, I feel like if... I, I think if you're a newer player, the title's probably better to start with. You think so? Yeah, just because... I mean, I think... Just your well, maybe not. There's a little bit more positioning, maybe with the title. I like that the title draws a lot of cards so in a more simplified way. Maybe that's what you were thinking. That's what I was thinking, but you have to have markers down, and some newer players aren't comfortable with like, oh, what? How do I get markers out, or do I do this? And yeah, so I can see possibly that. But I think you're right because you could just obey your stuff to like, I'm gonna charge. Yep, I'm going to see through the eyes of that gator and make it so that you can't get back into the deployment zone. Yeah, that being said, like, if you start out with Zoraida, you'll you'll have a lot of growth. Like, you will keep finding stuff, you know, 30, 40, 50 games into this crew that you, you hadn't done before. Yeah, yeah. And be aware of any attacks that says enemy only. Yeah. Is there, so we did talk about some of the countering with like the Riot Breakers. Is there anything else you see playing Zoraida Dixon that are good counters or tough models that you, you find difficult to deal with? So we said, we said the Riot Breaker and we said Kaya from Ten Thunders, which is the, the cat, uh, the yep. Sayuri cat, uh, because they counter the actions outside of activation for your models. Uh, the Emissary from, from Guild also has that same ability. Um, and then you have like random things like for example if you're playing uh, if you know that they're going to play bad juju you can bring models like the the hang you can bring jorogumo anything that says no healing for you like the emissary in in um, whatchamacallit in resurrectionist becomes a good model just stuff yeah. like that anti-heals uh, anti-obeys uh, pretty much that that's about it I haven't pulled it off yet. This isn't a counter, but I wanted to mention it because you talked about the Rezzer Emissary. Yeah. There is a world, I think, where I want to bring the Rezzer Effigy, where you summon it with Zoraida 2, mm -hmm. and you park it next to a model, and you <laughs> and you do the bonus so you can't use Soul Stones. Oh, that's right. And then you activate Bad Juju or something right after it and just punish something. Oh my god, that actually is disgusting against 10 Thunder Masters and some, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the Arcanist Masters. Because they don't have armor. Yeah. Yeah, most often than not, Masters from those factions don't have armor. There's a couple that have the exception, like Mei Fang and uh, what's-his-face. And that's about it. Uh, yeah, but another thing I was going to say against uh, Zoraida specifically, the Obey one, 
mm-hmm. is if Zoraida is obeying your models to hit your own models, don't forget that you can relent because they're friendly models. Yes. So so if you take, let's just say I'm playing Sandeep, right? Mm-hmm. And you obey my metal golem to smack Bonasuva. I can be like, cool, I'm going to relent with Bonasuva. So you're going to hit, but you're going to be at a double negative for damage. Yes. And more than likely get three damage. Uh, unless you're afraid of the triggers, you, yeah. you're fine relenting. Uh, there's like very very few times like uh, they have me on camera actually defending against my own emissary because I did not want my initiate to die, and that was literally the only reason because the initiates only have like seven health and yeah. I, he could have gotten lucky. Yeah, so it, it is a good counter to obey stuff to ju- just be like I'm going to relent. That way, if they're hitting you with a scary model, it's like, well, now the possibility of them getting to the top end is less, right? And it's just automatically double negative. Yeah, yep. I have I've only gotten burned by relenting a couple of times with obey masters. Most of the time, it's the right move unless their triggers are good. Because if they have a trigger, like if one of your models has like a sick trigger, you want to actually try to win the duel. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. the The biggest uh, issue is like mutilate. Like, oh, you got yeah. mutilate on a model. Do not let the model just straight up hit you. Mutilate <laughs> or execute or both. Yeah, it's true. That is true. I, I personally think that mutilate is worse uh, for you. Because sure. you get plus one damage and you're slow and your life just flashes before your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Red Joker, take seven. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing that can be a good counter to Zoraida's crew mm is just knowledge of what you're going into. Like, knowing that Zoraida, like, she does what she does. Yep. Because that way you don't set your, like, you you still can't prevent everything. But if you know the obeys are coming and you know your models and what Zoraida might target, you can make it challenging for them to to target your good, your good stuff. So, you know, hiding behind blocking impassable terrain, and stuff like that to try and make it harder. I think Zoraida sometimes can struggle with crews that scatter. I think Zoraida is really good at picking apart bubble crews. I think uh, sometimes the crews that scatter, she can struggle a little bit with. Hmm. I'm actually wondering, I think more sacrifice, like Oni are a problem. Because I found when I bubbled up against your Zoraida specifically, Dixon. Yeah. You have enough knowledge in the game where you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know obey your stuff and pull this part of the bubble apart and yep. now I'm going to come in and kill you. If you can um, bury, like Terra's a problem, I want to say Oni is a problem and I want to say um, uh, Misaki, like models like Misaki specifically. So those are the three ones that I'd be like, watch out for these. Yeah. Yeah, mostly because of what I said uh, earlier with the anti-heal. A Jorogumo, a random Jorogumo can actually ruin your day. I was going to ask you, Dixon, so thinking of some of, like, the scariest models in the game damage-wise, mm-hmm. have you had an opportunity to, like, play against Outcast or Von Schill? Absolutely. And, like, punch people with, like, Hannah or Eric? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my, one of my favorite, because, uh, like, the thing is that, you know, Eric, uh, they'll relent and whatever, but Red Jokers happen. Oh, yeah. And my favorite was, I don't know if it was you, but I hit somebody with Eric, and Eric double negative into a red joker, and he had the, the, the buff that does plus one damage. 
So he did eight damage to uh, to Hana. And it well, was just and, gorgeous. And Eric, <laughs> Eric does have puncture, so he can get around some of that. Yeah, just little things like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, holy crap. But that was the one thing that I remember. He had the plus one damage, and I hit him with the red joker on Hannah. Also, if Zoraida is trying to obey your model, and you have focus on that model, use it defensively in the duel. Because if you lose, <laughs> Zoraida is going to steal your focus. Yes, do not. If you have any good conditions like that, use them. Uh, if you're a rider... Prepare to lose all your fate tokens. I'm going to use all my fate tokens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sucks. Uh, what does it say? You guys mentioned a lot of models have low willpower. Uh, the average willpower is 5. I don't consider it to be low. The fact is that she has a high attack. So I don't consider that most people have low willpower. Oh, you're talking about in her keyword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost everything in the keyword is like willpower five or four. <laughs> like willpower, stupid beast. Yeah, dude. Except for bad juju, which is really good because he's like uncontrollable. <laughs> I mean, and if you're playing in Bayou, your stuff usually has lower willpower, anyways. Yeah, you just learn how to live with that. Yeah, you just you kind of make your peace with it. You're just like, yep, if this is a willpower duel, I'm probably losing. Yep. Yep, try not to make it into a fight. Literally just start running away. I don't know, what's what's that saying that you have, uh, Dixon? Your, your body's willing or your mind's not? Something like that? <laughs> no, I usually say, is the juice worth the squeeze? But my mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yeah. That's probably what you're referring to. Something like that. <laughs> Pretty sure. But you want to know what? They can't obey your, stu your stuff if it's stealth, and you just bring an all-stealth list. I hate the fact that you are so damn good at hiding your stealth models. Because I do work at, like, trying to get around it by, like, getting close to you. And you're like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Go ahead and leap on over here. Yeah. I'm just going to build, like, a Zoraida stealth list just to play against you with it. Uh, that's going to be a nightmare. Everything's stealth. No bad juju. The only thing that's not stealth is going to be Zoraida and the Kurrigan and the puppets. I'm going to lose the, the Desper Laurel and, like, Jin real fast that way, too. <laughs> just trying to deal with this crap <laughs> I don't know Dixon is there anything else I mean you're the Zoraida guru that I know so is there anything else you wanted to kind of drop knowledge on before we uh, yeah, wrap this don't get, up yeah don't get uh, discouraged she is A maybe S tier uh, she's just very like her her skill floor like just to get good with her is just hard it's just very very hard but she is one of the best masters in the game like, I would definitely put her on the top 10 if, if there was a top 10. Yeah, I'm not, like, I because I'm getting into her and I don't have a ton of games into it. And obviously I have a little bit more knowledge than somebody coming fresh into it. Yeah. But I, I even say that to myself where it's like, okay, you know, I didn't play that game great. You know, I, I don't think I've won a game with Zoraida. No, I won one. Mm. Um, but it, it's one of those things where you, you definitely need the reps with her it's yep. hard to just go into it and just start winning with her crew. You're going to, I don't know if you already have, but when I played, I remember finishing a game and like a day or two later, be like, oh crap, I could have done this and I could have done what, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, it'll yeah. hit you after the fact and be like, I feel stupid now. Yeah, I think Seraph brought up a really good question there too. Or not question, but just a solution almost. Right, because if you bring kind of like, I think models that take the hit and mm -hmm. Zoraida's obeying a crappy model now, yeah, 
that's just that's not good. So things like Terracotta Warriors, uh, the new big hat stuff, if you bring old Cranky, it's like, cool, you just obeyed my Skeeter. Yeah. Or, yeah. cool, you just obeyed Bayou Gremlin. The the fact that you're, I think you're right, that is a weakness. Uh, she doesn't deal with, uh, like, low, low crappy models, like a lot of easy models like that, because her value becomes lower. Like, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, my actions are not crappy. Yay. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, she wants her obeys to be very impactful. Like, the obey... And that's kind of one of the cool things about Zoraida. Like, when she activates, you are holding your breath, like, with Zoraida 1. Yeah. You are like, what What terror and madness and awfulness is she about to do to me? Yep. What, what, how is she going to touch me? Like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. I mean, great point in the chat. Zoraida loves elite crews. Yeah. Like, if you, if you have a disgusting beater, Zoraida's like, cool, now that's my disgusting beater. <laughs> yeah, she's like, in that case, is like, in that uh, specific instance, she is like Pandora, but better. Because Pandora wants you to have better attacks for her to steal. Whereas Zoraida can char- move the model and use the attack at the same time. So it's well, like not only, double not only that, I've, I've also seen you with Zoraida 1. Mm. You know, take my disgusting beater. Let's just say this time you take, um, I don't know. Let's just call it Alphonse. Oh, Alphonse and Lenny, yeah. Yeah, so let's just say, oh, I'm going to obey Lenny. Okay, Lenny is going to charge into this fire. Yep. Lenny is going to swing on your own model. And you can't take the hit on that because it's a friendly model. Yep. And, And now Alphonse or Lenny is on fire, you know, twice because they're did the action and the charge they're out of position and they probably kill the model yep and uh if uh you got the trigger for shove aside then you get another push which also triggers the fire again and then you get a free attack oh yeah how about obeying a, a corfy duet <laughs> charge th- charge through your friendly models Attack uh, something. It doesn't do. That's actually a because oh, it has example. to be enemy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like it's not a good example. You still so you can still charge through to put it out of position though. You can take a Porphy and just double obey her literally twelve inches away, and that's, that's good true. enough. That's true. Just and that's that's also the thing. Sometimes just putting a model, you know, twelve inches away from its crew. Yep, is good enough. In a bramble of hazardous terrain too. Like I've done I mean, that, that many times. I, I mean, I've done that with you with tosses, right? Where I've just like, cool, I'm sending your models 10 inches away. Yep, yep. You did that to literally Hinamatsu on the last time that we yeah. played. Yeah, I did it to Shenlong too and in, in Cursed in that Houston tournament where yep. I was like, cool, I'm going to toss you into my deployment zone. See yep. you later. Sometimes displacing a model is better than like punching Doing it. damage, yeah. Yeah, because like if you kill the model, it's better, clearly. But sometimes the math is just not in your favor. Yeah, sometimes it's just like, you want to know what? Just go away. <laughs> I don't want to look at you. Yeah, so Swamp Fiend's great. I think if you want a good challenge and have a really high ceiling with Zoraida, I think that is, uh, I think that's a good crew for you to kind of stretch into. You can, if you're a newer player, you can start with Zoraida. Just know that you're going to need a lot of games because you're learning the game. But Zoraida's strength really comes in knowing your opponent, right? It's like, okay, how can I take advantage of my opponent's models and my own? So you're you're kind of playing both sides of the board at that point. I don't know if you agree with that, Dixon. I know, I agree. I was thinking. But yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to check Longshanks really quick because I'm interested actually on her like win rate. 
Yeah, now you got me. <laughs> I mean, it should be high, but uh, we're going to be looking at Longshanks for GG3, just so that everybody's still aware. When we're yeah, recording yeah, yeah. this, it's still GG3 heavy. Yeah, and we'll look at Bayou because, you know, I'm playing Bayou right now. Right, right, right. So we're not going to look uh, at the Neverborn. So out of the top win rates, I actually don't see Zoraida on there. She's not. Apparently more people agree with you that she's not a real Bayou master. That might be my own. I don't even see her. See, the thing is, I don't even see her on the top for Neverborn. Either. I don't understand that. She is so, like, literally. I think it's because of what I said. I think she she's so hard that I would not be shocked if that's the reason why. Yeah, I think it might be. Because if newer players are playing her, that might also be impacting the win rate. Because sure. she is harder to win with when you don't know what to do with your opponent's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, we're gonna have to try to fix that. I swear. I mean, I, I said I would never play Zoraida, and here I am. It's. I mean, dude, she's so good. Like, I can't really. Uh, so I actually adjusted it just for the year from January to now, and yeah. she pops up at that point. Uh, okay. Let me just send you the link. Uh, at that point, I actually think that we can actually, but well, we can see that she's still only on the top ten. She's not. I mean, she's like ninth on. Uh, the the Neverborn, but she still doesn't break the top 10 for Bayou, is what I mean. Yeah, and like I said, I think it might just be because she can be hard for newer players to play. Yeah. And I don't think her win rate's probably bad. It's probably like, you know, maybe in the 40s, which is still very doable in a, in a game like Malifaux, where if you're good, you can win with a 40% win rate yeah. master because you know what you're doing. I mean, Pandora, too, is at 53%, and I know for a fact that Sorita's better. And I love Pandora. You know that I love Pandora, but I know that Zoraida's better. Wait, did you win with Zoraida when you played in Houston? No, I lost that game too. Oh. Yeah. See, you're hurting the numbers. I am hurting the numbers. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not going to deny it, but like, she's hard, dude. She is so hard to play. Because then after the game, I started thinking about plays that I could have done better. Like I said, it's like, ah, oh, this would have been better. And she always has the answer. It's just, you know, it doesn't come up. Can you, rec can you recognize it quickly enough? Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, so I, I think definitely put some reps into Zoraida. She's fun to play. Not always fun to play against, I will say. Yep. Sometimes, and even that game that we played that was close, Dixon, I, st I had to catch myself because I almost got in the I hate Zoraida bubble too much. Mm -hmm. like, like you did something where... You moved my own model, and then you heaved it. You moved Bad Juju specifically. Yep. And then you obeyed Bad Juju. Not Bad Juju. You obeyed the Kurrigan mm -hmm. to then heave it behind the Kurrigan. And I was just sitting there like, this is why I hate Obey Masters. Like, you have a plan, and they just F with it, and it just sucks. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's completely, again, it's it, after the game, I've had so many of those, like, realizations. Whereas, like, I played Titania and Pandora more than I played Sarida, and I have finished games where I like if my master had done X I wouldn't have been able to win but I've had the complete opposite with Sarita where it's like oh I could have just done this and made it easier on me and I probably would have won yeah so I, like I said I'm mostly interested in the title but talking with you I definitely will drop some games into with the uh, original uh, and just kind of see what I feel like about it but I do think I, it's tough though because even though I like Zarita too because of her efficiency it's tough for me because I think the Clampets and Bayou are going to be good. I think Zip's going to be amazing in this GG. Okay. I, I think Zip's going to run Rickshaw over a lot of people. 
Um, and uh, hmm. and I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, for the Longchamps thing, uh, Longchamps, look at me. For Lone Star for next year, I might just solo Sorida just because I, I mean, I know that she's good, but looking at the statistics makes me very sad. <laughs> we got to fix this. Yeah. And I still take that she's not a Bayou master, but. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people have, agree I, with you. <laughs> to be fair, I have Dixon Swamp Fiend models, so that's probably the only reason I'm playing her. Bro, it, I don't. I don't think I would actually buy her. You say that, but she's fun. You're having fun. I, I, the game that we played. I'll you never like publicly admit it. You will never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead and end it there, though. Uh, definitely, definitely try her out. Uh, just give your opponent a heads up if you're wanting. Like, if you if this is a friendly game, like I'm playing, and I, I, I should have done this when I played on Monday, but I, I was a savage and didn't. Try try to give newer players specifically a heads up if you're playing Zoraida, just because newer players aren't necessarily aware of the shenanigans. So it can feel bad when you're playing with their models to kill them. Yep. Yep. So give them a heads up. Be like, hey, by the way, look out for this. It's 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 good. So I think until next time though, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we will see you.